Hey there, goblins. Welcome to Goblin Salvage Rights. My name's Robert. And I'm Eric. And today we're going to be talking about animal companions. That's right. Your favorite game-breaking addition to Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Little furry friends. Little furry friends that we get to bring with us. And they bring us extra action economy. Yes. That's why we keep them around and don't eat them. And HP. Yeah. They soak damage. Do we not always eat them? Can we eat, like, our shitty animal companions in favor of gaining more powerful animal companions well, later down the road? There are construct companions, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves. First, we want to thank our lovely patrons for helping us make the show. Without you, we would be poorer. And uh, you would be poorer as well, because we have a wealth of... Things. Poverty for everyone. Poverty for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's communism. Yeah, seriously, you guys help to keep us yeah. going, not just in your amazing contributions, Absolutely. but also just like you talk to us yeah. and give us feedback. In Super our... valuable. And we just dropped a new patron video, which yeah. we do once a month. And this one goes into what are the Goblin Salvage Rights. Yes. So if you are not a patron, there's one way to find out what the actual Goblin Salvage Rights are. Mm-hmm. We Mug begin, a patron or come join them. We begin talking about the deep lore. The actual deep, deep, deep lore, lore. lore. Next three months is basically going to be all yeah, deep like lore. Deep lore. We're in. Right. Yeah. That kind of deep lore. It's American and Sign Language for it, deep lore. If you're a patron, you can also uh, pop into the Discord and join the patron-only section in our Discord where yep. you get to have like special access to us. We tell you what we're working on. I post mm-hmm. updates, behind-the-scenes stuff, stuff like that. Yep. So if you want to do, if you want to get in on that, Goodness. Yep, you can shit on Robert all day long. Oh, yeah, and you're legally allowed to shit on me yep. uh, verbally. Uh, <laughs> you can uh, jump down to the description under the video, and we'll mm-hmm. have a link to the Patreon right there. Doodly-doo. We have a lineup of stuff for the rest of the year. Yep. I will stop shilling now. Eric, tell me, what did you? What did we play? Because there was only one game we played between now and our last We've been podcast. skipping so much Pathfinder lately, and it's yeah. sad, but, you know, it's winter, and it's life, and that's what happens. But the games we did so we're play. we're rolling forward. Yeah, we're, we're mine. I yeah. ran a game. I did not get to play a game, but I did get to run, and that keeps me happy. You ran, you actually ran Edgewatch twice. I ran Edgewatch. Podcast. Really? I think so. Wow, okay. All I'm right. pretty sure I haven't been able, my character, I'm pretty sure Dregrid died before, and we did the episode right after. I could be wrong. Okay. No, nah, you're probably right. So what are we doing this last episode of Edgewatch? Uh, Edgewatch, we're still in downtime. Yeah. I mean, downtime takes a long time if mm-hmm. you're not treating it as a board game. So I like to say, uh, you know, hey, everybody, what are your, what kind of your downtime activities do you want to do? What do you want to get done in that 7 to 14 day period? And I like to craft little scenes around them because it's, I'm not really big on like, oh, okay, you, you roll to see if you earn some income. Yay. I want to have like a 15, 20 minute scene around it. Bring some NPCs in, get everybody's little acting sleeves rolled up. Absolutely. And uh, when you have five players around the time around the table, that does take time. So we did part two of downtime. I think there's going to be two or three, and then we get back into the actual AP book volumes. So uh, we're introducing your new character. So you are no longer a hobgoblin. Um, Dragrid is perished. Genius. Eric is doing this really interesting like five stages of grief thing with each of the characters going to a different funeral. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of it, Dregrid's ghost is basically like influencing their their dream sequences. Yeah, not literally, but it's sort of like people are thinking about Dregrid. He's always on their minds because we just lost mm-hmm. our brethren. You know, one of our brothers has died in battle trying to save us. And, and 
hunting. Yeah, exactly. And in addition, in this most recent game, I introduced my new halfling. Yep. Tenebris. <clears throat> yeah. So Tenebris is a halfling psychic. Mm-hmm. And I designed the character around the rest of the party. So this time I've made a character who's specifically designed to make everyone else at the table as cool as possible. Yep. We have a rogue. We have a champion, not a paladin, a champion. Actually, I think they are a paladin champion. Um, And we have a monk as well as a sorcerer. So Mm -hmm. I thought, how cool would it be if I made the rogue crit every single time he attacked? Yep. So basically, it's an aid another character. The whole reason I picked Halfling was because they have a selection of feats that are silly when it comes to aid another. And on top of that, aid another got buffed recently. So... Uh, eight and other checks are now DC 10 base, which means that I'm going to be critting on my eight and other checks all the time, which means mm-hmm. I'm going to be giving a plus four circumstance bonus on top of the status bonuses that I can hand out via spells and other abilities. So my goal is to be handing out like plus six status bonuses to the rogue. Once so what I'm hearing so you, you say is you built this crit, character crit. to make me go back to monster school to learn how to run yes. these monsters right. Well, you ran them pretty good, plus- apparently, because you fucking killed me. <laughs> so I think you're doing just fine in monster school. You get an A. Uh, I found the guy uh, with the fewest hit points yeah. and I picked on him. Exactly. That wasn't too difficult. Yeah, and <laughs> I learned that in school. Yeah, in monster school. No, wait. I was the one with the uh, four hit points. But I mean, like, I could have, in that combat, I honestly could have Dregard could have escaped more sure but i played him up as being a little more heroic than he yeah. probably should have been yeah no it, it was it was a good spartan death yeah, what he went through absolutely. but the uh, the upshot is our last edge watch session was um introducing your new character in an interesting way i was hoping exactly. it was interesting it was super interesting at least because it didn't involve any of the other players at the table it didn't so basically the whole time i had like a a side mission mm-hmm. so it's like one-on-one game with eric mm-hmm. and everyone else all the other players at the table were watching and, you know, the players got to see background that I had. Your character in action, your thought process before you were taking actions, exactly. you were talking out loud. Exactly. But none of the player characters in game have ever met Tenebris right. before that we know of. Uh, right, right. And we'll clearly bum, go into bum, that bum. in the future. Yeah. Absolutely. But I really wanted to, because, you know, we've been playing for like two and a half, three books, two books, where you guys were a tight, tight unit and you can't trust anybody because there's a lot of betrayal out there. Now, all of a sudden, you're bringing somebody else into your quad. How do I, as a GM, do that in a way that's realistic and make the other players go, okay, we don't know who this shitty little halfling with all the face tats Mm -hmm. is, but apparently he works for the city, too. Why not? Come on into the party. I guess we should trust him because everyone who works for the city is a good guy, right? It's hard. So so I'm taking my time. Um, I think three downtime, no more than that. I'm capping at three. Yeah, no, three down, cap at three, or we're not playing Pathfinder anymore. But um, (laughs) It's a whole different game. Yeah, it's a whole different game. We might as well be playing Blaze in the Dark. But all that to say, I had a really good time. I'm glad because you got cheated on the game before that where you had like almost nothing to do. It's okay. I had two... I had two cell phones out playing Pokemon Go on two yeah. phones <laughs> while listening to the game. Get so. some. I had a good time. Good. Um, all so right, that's cool. what we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an awesome game, and I'm excited for downtime number three. Yeah. And then we can move back on to the main Yeah, book. this next one is going to be awesome because we so. get to go to the Spiral Cross Cemetery yes. in Uptown Absalom. Yes. And that's all about uh, things I cannot discuss right now. Exactly, exactly. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. So, animal companions. Animal companions. Got? So our topic today is animal companions. My goal here is 
to explain what animal companions are to anyone who at home who doesn't know, mm-hmm. dig into all the ways we can use, not maybe not all the ways, but many of the ways that we can use animal companions to make our games better, to make our players better, our mm-hmm. characters better, more fuller yeah. and rounded. But mainly our players. But mainly our players. This you is suck a player, players yes, get better. This is a player focused episode, obviously, because it's mm-hmm. a player option. But animal companions are kind of like this major part of TTRPGs. They mm-hmm. have been since second edition Pathfinder. Yep. Or, sorry, second edition uh, D&D. And um, they've always been a strong option for the most part. They're a strong option in Pathfinder second edition, but maybe not as strong as they have been in the past, mm-hmm. which is fine because of the way that the game is balanced, right? So um, I think what we should just jump into is, Eric, what is an animal companion even? Okay, animal companion is one of those terms where you need to uh, define it. Exactly. How do you know when you're looking at an animal companion versus a pet versus a uh, familiar? Mm -hmm. Are they the same thing? Are they the same thing sometimes but not always? And the answer is yes to every single one of those, unfortunately. So it's a little murky given the uh, linguistics they're using in the book. So animal companions on its face, um, they're not undead. They're not constructs. They're sort of like your your cougar, your owl, your snake. So that's sort of like, I'm going to call that a lowercase animal companion, where the capital animal companion is all three of the categories. So like I said, there's a bit of a, uh, um, you know, not all of these are like the other mm-hmm. kind of a situation going on here. Uh, so that's, um, that's kind of how my brain kind of divides it to keep it clean. So sure. if you're a druid and a ranger, you can go out and get an animal companion. Mm-hmm. If you're a wizard or a sorcerer or some other, you know, one of those kinds of classes, a witch you can go out and get a animal companion that's called a familiar. Right. You can also get a pet, which is an animal companion, but it has no action economy. It's honestly just a shitty animal companion. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'd say animal companion, and under that you have animal companions, familiars, and uh, right. and uh, the, the constructs. That's how I keep it clean in my head. Right. The, the very important distinction here is that Pets are just shitty animal companions, mm-hmm. effectively. Yeah. Familiars and, from a mechanical perspective, a familiar and a animal companion have two very different sets of rules. Mm-hmm. And they exist in two very separate silos when it comes to feats that make them better and, yep. and, and, and the way they interact with the mechanics of the game. However, there are a handful of spells and abilities that can make, that can temporarily buff animal companions mm-hmm. and that also affect familiars. You found that sidebar, did you? Um, I did. And I digged into it a little and there's a bunch of people on the boards who are, are have been arguing about this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the long and the short of it is basically um, if it, if it says you can make your animal companion better and it doesn't specifically call out a familiar, you could probably do it on the familiar and DMS at home. It actually doesn't matter if your players are buffing your familiar. Let them have their jank because it's it's jank. It's just jank. So the specific sidebar we're referring to is on page 214 of the uh, player core. Yeah. Uh, targeting companions. And that's yeah. important because when your little monkey monk, you know, gets targeted with a blast of some sort, mm-hmm. you kind of want to jump up and go, oh, it's not an animal companion. It's a familiar. Mm. OK, now we're back into the conversation. Exactly. So but, and, and familiars can be targeted, but they can't sometimes. So. Yeah. In the case of the thing we're talking about today, an animal companion can always be targeted. It's basically a second player character yep. that you have control over. Good way to look at it. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about uh, control and how how they live and die and stuff like that. So, sure. Um, 
An animal companion has the minion trait, which specifically means that you use an action of some sort to control the uh, animal companion or companion, I should call them, because we'll find out later that there are other companions that are not necessarily animal. They're undead or, or uh, constructs or elementals. So you use one action to command the thing, and then they get two actions mm-hmm. to do their thing. They can never uh, act outside of initiative. Um, they can never, so they can't use reactions. They can never um, do more than two actions at all, period, end of story. So anything, any abilities that they have or they would get that require three actions just don't get to be used. Um, and that's because of the minion trait as well as reactions. So right. with all that in mind, um, they can die like a normal PC might die. Yep. But uh, you can spend about a week, I believe, and bring them back at no cost, one animal at a time. For animal companions specifically, yes. Mm-hmm. Not undead animal companions or constructs. Right. Different set of dying rules. They have their own rules. And exactly. time period with which exactly. you can bring them back. Exactly. Yeah. So a quick question for you as an yeah. interrupter. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the minion tag. That's clearly important here. Yeah. Idolins from the Summoner class also have the minion um, tag. Mm-hmm. And some of the Eidolans are constructs, and some of them are uh, are summoned animals as well. Eidolans. But we're not talking about that. Tell us in the comments. <laughs> How do you pronounce Eidolans? Eidolan, Eidolan, Eidolon. YouTube. You tell Eidolonias. us. Uh, I'd love to hear a fight about Eidolans or yeah. Eidolans in the comments. Um, but basically, just to like, uh, it, it's, it's yeah, not yeah. enough to just have the minion tag when we're talking about animal companions. That's, you know. Actually, it is. Uh, you think so? so? It actually is because the thing with Eidolons is that mm-hmm. they the summoner has a special set of rules that go with it mm-hmm. that allow them to act uh, extraordinary on top of the minion trait. Okay. So they have all the restrictions of the minion trait, except when the summoner uses its specific rules to control the okay. Eidolon. And when you kill the Eidolon, does it take seven days to bring it back? I doubt it. It has its special rules. Exactly. So it's not the same thing as animal companions, but it feels like we're almost using the same language for two very separate things. Right, right. And I I can just see confusion over what qualifies as an animal companion. Yeah, the Eidolon has the minion trait. Right. But that's the only similarity between that and an animal companion. Not all minions are animal companions. So I want to be very clear here. An animal companion Mm -hmm. is granted to you by a feat. A feat. One feat. Mm -hmm. There are... Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some stuff in, in, in the future here where you get a companion that might be undead or a companion that, that might be um, uh, mechanical in nature, like a construct. Mm-hmm. And they act as if they were a regular animal companion with caveats that are detailed in those feats specifically. Yeah. So they all fall under this category of companion, if you will, and or animal companion for, you know, the regular vernacular. So... Eidolons, I wrote, kind of wrote down <laughs> summoner, question mark, later on in the notes, um, but I'm glad we went over that now. Yeah. Eidolons have their own so, rules. Separate thing. Yeah. They can, they can, they get actions weird. They share HP with the player character. Totally different. Yeah. Um, summoners, you get your own fucking podcast one day. <laughs> and they I will. <laughs> strong opinions about you got how You got strong they, opinions about everything. Yeah, it's true. But I have especially strong opinions about how they designed the summoner in this version of the game. So, um, normally animals, but they can also be undead constructs and elementals introduced in the- That's right, Rage of Elements. Rage of Elements book. Um, That's cool for your little flaming otters out yeah, there. And they're pretty powerful. The, 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 the elemental animal companions are pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, we can get into that at the end of the podcast. And we will. So, Eric, that's what an uh, animal companion is. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other notes you want to throw in there before we move on to the next section about how to get one? Not really. I, I don't feel like we fully defined our terms, but I think we got close enough that we can have the conversation. What other definitions do you want to have? Just like what is and what is not an animal companion. And that's kind of it because there's like, a, you know, there, there, there's the animal c- companion that you get as a druid or as a ranger. I understand that, you mm-hmm. know, without having to read the book, I get that because okay. I've watched Lord of the Rings. I've watched Star Wars. R2-D2 is an animal companion. He's a construct. Um, you know, I've, 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 I've seen this. I recognize the shape of it. Right. But um, like, why isn't an Eidolon an animal companion? It's got the tags. It's a critter. It's associated. It's not an animal companion mm-hmm. because it's not granted to you by the animal companion feet. And th- that's really what it comes down to. So when I say, uh, I, I feel like, you know, we've defined our terms well enough. It's the idea of you get the feet to get the thing. That's our lowest common denominator that we work from. So um, I'm, I'm happy with that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So okay. get the feet, move forward, you get the critter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. Anything else that goes above and beyond that is its own special yeah. category. Basically. Using the same words to talk about different things, and that drives me batshit yeah, in this hobby. Yeah, they did their best, I think, to compartmentalize these yeah. things while also keeping... A lot of the vernacular, mm-hmm. like familiar, ha, to use a term phrase, get it, familiar. Uh, um, you get credit for that one. <laughs> from, uh, from first edition Pathfinder, but I totally agree that there's yeah. just some some vernacular that if they change, people would throw tomatoes at the wall about. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it would be a useful change as far as like parlance yeah. goes. I want one word for every different thing, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. So how do we get an animal companion, Eric? Well, you go to school and study to be a druid. It's true. It's true. Or a ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, or a champion. Uh, or, or a champion. You can study to be a champion. Mm-hmm. Or a champion. Mm-hmm. Um, that's weird. Or so those are the three big class You could lists. go to inventor school. You could go to inventor Don't school. Yeah, there's about always inventor. that. The Clockwork Cathedral in Absalom churns out a lot of these um, so, non-Eidolon summoning things. So there's basically two major ways to get an animal companion. There is your main class and mm-hmm. there is uh, an archetype. Yeah. Um, there was at the beginning of Pathfinder, I want to say for at least a year or two, there was no other, there was no archetype besides Druid and Ranger that would allow you to get access to an animal companion. But fairly quickly, mm-hmm. um, introduced in the second book series. The character guide, right? No, introduced in um, the second book series. Um the one with the, the 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 circus, actually. Extinction Curse. Extinction Curse. Book one of Extinction Curse. Extinction Curse actually introduced an archetype called Animal Trainer, which I completely spaced that one. Allows you to get an animal companion that you can train, and also gives you a bunch of cool feats to make it like dance monkey dance and stuff like huh. that. I mean, it makes sense thinking yeah, back on it. Exactly. Did that come out? Before or after the character guide? Because like the Beastmaster. I'm going to wager that it came out before the character guide Mm -hmm. just because I have strong memories of being frustrated about not having access to a Beastmaster, but having access to this. But if I'm wrong, Goblins at Home. Somebody will let us know. Let me know, please. Um, I would love a little history lesson on that. Or Um, join the Patreon and shit on Robert while you're doing it. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, as far as classes go, uh, Druid and Ranger. Yep. You're going to see going across all of these character options that... The druid is the bestest boy. And that kind of makes sense. I mean, I hate it, but it makes sense. Uh, A very close contender, uh, if not a better contender, Mm -hmm. if you want to call them apples to apples, is the inventor. 
the inventor's construct companion is really powerful mm-hmm. and they get they get it at the same time as a druid um but they have abilities that make them different enough for me to not really want to compare them mm-hmm. so much yeah and if you're a gm and you just don't like the idea of having r2d2 flying around yeah. your D game it's uncommon isn't it yeah yeah, yeah you can yeah. just say it's sorry it's uncommon no bueno yep. yeah exactly so um, druids will be getting all of their cool class features for making their animal companions better mm-hmm. two levels earlier than yeah, like level everyone four, else. Isn't it? It's level four instead of level six for mature. Mm-hmm. And that will see this pattern go on for the rest of the game. Yeah. So important thing. To Certain keep classes mind. get things earlier than other classes that get the same thing. And this just, again, the druids are all about like uh, being a furry. Exactly. <laughs> yes. The druids are all about being a furry. Yeah. So um, druid sets the bar for pretty much the best animal companion you could have at any mm-hmm. given level. And then ranger sets the bar for pretty much like everyone else. Right. Actually, uh, you get a mature animal companion. We'll mm-hmm. talk about what that is here in a minute. You get that at level uh, six, six instead of four. Mm-hmm. And you get access to an animal companion, I believe, at level one, if not level two. I'm pretty sure it's level one, though, mm-hmm. um, with your first level feet. So. Ranger is a really good example of a class that uses an animal companion highly effectively, though, mm-hmm. because druids can have a hard time actually using their animal companion because they're not very good martial fighters. Right. And we'll see later that animal companions are really, really good in melee when supporting another melee fighter. That's kind yeah. of their bread and butter. Druids are also busy casting two action spells. Exactly. So, you know, I think the the balancing there was allowing druids to have earlier access to cooler stuff because they know that they won't be using their animal companions to the best of their ability. Right, right. But and you goblins at home don't want to hear about how you can play a class and get an animal companion. You want is that to true? know well, how you can use your free archetype that we know you're <laughs> getting to get access to a piece of meat with HP. Yep. So I'm going to go down the list and kind of talk about some of these options and whether or not they're good or whether or not they're bad or just mid. Um, the first three are the Druid archetype, the Ranger archetype, and the Inventor archetype. These mm-hmm. are archetypes of the class. Mm-hmm. Druid is amazing, absolutely amazing for getting access to it up until you get to middle levels. So if you w- just want an animal companion that will eventually be mature, mm-hmm. it's a pretty good option. If you want an animal companion that's any better than mature, look elsewhere. So if you're playing like one or two books of an AP and you don't plan on going over 10th level, mm-hmm. let's say, or 8th level, <clears throat> it, Druid's the way to go because you get everything super early. If not, then maybe consider some of the other archetypes that we'll talk about later. Ranger is just a worse version of the Druid to get an animal companion, if I'm being perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. And then Inventor is, again, weird because they get um, a companion familiar. They get their R2-D2. Right. But they have some weird constraints that limit its power. Yeah, and they kind of have to because when you're dealing with yeah. constructs and undead, all of a sudden you get resistances and immunities yeah. and sort of these yeah, weird secondary even, default things that cause other numbers to have to be tampered down a bit. Exactly, and I'm not even talking about those immunities. Right. I'm just talking about like the inventor's over overheat ability and stuff sure. like that. It yeah. gets like pruned in because it's an archetype. One thing I'm noticing immediately is uh, we started talking about the three classes and it was a uh, Druid, Ranger, and, uh, and Champion. And when we moved on to the archetypes, you left off the Champion. Yeah. So the champion there, as far I, I reread this like twice just to mm-hmm. make sure. 
Right. So the champion gets access to their familiar via their, familiar? their divine bond. Their, their, sorry, their animal companion. Fuck, I'm already doing it. They get access to their animal companion um, via a class feature mm-hmm. called divine bond at level three. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm aware, you don't gain access to that class ability through the archetype. And that's why. And so. that's why. So if and the, the other th- interesting thing about the champion while we're on the subject is the champion's uh, animal companion can only be a creature with the mount trait. So it can only be a, an a, 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 a that animal that can be me. ridden. Okay. Right. Which makes sense because the idea is that ridden you're, the animals. you're uh, riding a horse. Mm-hmm. That's like the default champion right. animal companion. And going all the way back to AD and second edition, having like an animal companion be a mount. That was Cavalier Country. So exactly. that feels like that's where this whole conversation started. For exactly. Me it is it's exactly 80s. true. Exactly true. Yeah. So jumping back into these archetypes, mm-hmm. those are three class, multi-class archetypes. And now yeah. we're going to get into the good stuff. This is the nitty gritty. Yeah. This is the fun stuff. Animal Trainer. Mm-hmm. Animal Trainer allows, allows you to have an animal companion at second level and also teach your tricks. It can, you could literally make it dance. It, it gets better at performance checks. It It is... It is for the meme lords out there who want an animal <laughs> companion. Um, but and also all you want- people in your cat videos making your cats yes. doing stupid shit in front of the camera. Exactly. These are all animal trainers out of Extinction Curse. Absolutely. It's it's not the most optimal option. In most, but it's fun. In most cases, but it's so fun. It's super fun. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's absolutely fun. And it came out of a, an AP volume. Yeah. So sometimes people ask me, like, what's the value of buying an AP volume if I'm never going to run a game? Mm -hmm. Well, there's a bunch of player facing stuff in the back. And sure, we can get archives of Nethys. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's something about, like, being a player and having those volumes for the individual, like, super thematic spells, critters, archetypes, and stuff like that. Yeah. So this is is a cool needle in a haystack find. Yeah. And it's it's zany. You should take a look at it. Check it out. Beastmaster is the next one on the list. That's kind of the the common one. This is the bread and butter one. Yeah. yeah introduced in the- I don't um, think there's a better one than this, is there? Uh, it's the one everybody keeps coming back to when they're like, oh, you want to have a bunch of critters running around? This is the one you need. It's definitely the most accessible. It's Radagast the Brown. It's the most accessible and it gives you, because of the way that the archetypes are set up, basically, um, not to get too deep into the nitty gritty you know of, you of how feats are broken up, but- um. Okay, the reason why the ranger sucks at being an animal companion is because the only way you have access to their feats that allow you to get better animal companions mm-hmm. um, is to take another feat that gives you access to feats that are equal to one half your level. These other archetype feats <clears throat> give you the, those same feats at the level they were intended for. That's the only difference. So mm-hmm. if you pick Beastmaster, you'll get access to like mature animal companion and stuff like that. At the normal levels, like six and eight and mm-hmm. and fourteen and stuff, or sixteen or whatever, so that's the unfortunate reason why um, Beastmaster makes for a better ranger if all you want is an animal companion. But you should take ranger uh, archetype for its other cool things, its other cool rangery things. Um, so yeah, if you just want a freaking animal companion and you want is the the fewest amount of road bumps to get there, the fewest amount of prerequisites. Mm-hmm. Beastmaster is your Good way, the to, do way it. to go. Yeah, absolutely. Cavalier. Now, Cavalier is a great example of what Paizo is doing with archetypes because Cavalier used to be a class. Yes, it did. First edition. First edition. And mm-hmm. it was terrible. Yeah. And other D&D games. <laughs> no one played it. Yep. 
because it was just a shitty champion. <laughs> Sorry, shitty, shitty paladin. That needs to be on a shirt. Yeah, I'm just a shitty Just paladin. a sad yeah. cavalier. So what they did is they're like, we don't need that redundancy in our game again. We are going to make a, a cavalier archetype. So cavalier basically just gives you an animal companion. What's interesting here is that you would imagine it would have the same restriction that uh, the champion did, mm-hmm. which is that the the animal companion must have the mount trait, mm-hmm. right? That would make sense, but that's not the case. Instead, it's a it's a similar but but importantly different um, in that your animal companion must be one size larger than you, mm-hmm. and this is important because. If you're playing a small character, that means all of the medium animal companions are now available for you as a cavalier, mm-hmm. which kind of goes against the idea of what a cavalier represents. But I'm here for it. But, you know, rules. But the rules. They designed it this way early on, and I think maybe they might want to, ch- they would want to change it back, but they haven't yet. So I'm ready for my sprite cavalier. It's, I mean, riding the corgi, man. Riding the corgi, <laughs> which is a familiar, not Isn't to confuse you. Ride the corgi, ride the cor- No? Okay. I, I, you need to take more cruises. I do. It's true. I've never been on a cruise. Oh, you have grew up in Florida and yeah. you've never, okay. You probably like seen him going off the- uh, Why would I need to go on a cruise? People take cruises to my state. For pizza <laughs> at one in the morning. <laughs> okay. We have um, we have gambling halls for that. You know, we have casinos for that. Um, yeah, you guys got a lot of cooler stuff and out there. Yeah, we also have a lot of other crazy stuff like alligators yeah. and other poisonous creatures. Uh, Cavalier. So Cavalier is good, um, especially if you're small. You can pretty, pretty much have whatever animal companion you want, which is mm-hmm. awesome. And if you're medium size, you can pl- still play the classic Cavalier. Um, and you can ride Megafauna, which is something we'll get into later. Yep, that's a whole different um, thing. Clockwork. And one of the ideas, one of the reasons I think we're dwelling on the idea mm-hmm. of like the size of your animal companion is as you progress and spend feats, mm-hmm. they get bigger. They get, they can get bigger. They, they can get bigger. You have the option to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there, there, there is a cap mm-hmm. depending on which animal companion you're referring and which to and archetype you, you have. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So size matters, guys. <laughs> it's the unfortunate truth. It's in the rules. Yep. It's in the rules. Dems do rules. <laughs> so um, clockwork reanimator is the next option here. Guns and gears, my dudes. This also uncommon. is rare. It's rare. Okay. Um, this is a very weird archetype that came out of a, that came out of another adventure. The idea here is that you reanimate flesh and people with clockwork machinery. God, that underneath. is deliciously creepy. It is deliciously creepy. It's rare. You make constructs, but they're flesh and bone. It's fucking weird. Was this out of the uh, the Outlaws of Alkenstar AP? I don't think so. Um, actually, because it if might, it's not Guns and Gears, it's got to be that it one, It might have right? been. It might have been. Uh, yeah. Clockwork, Reanimator. Um, I believe, it, regardless of where, wherever it's from, it's mm-hmm. rare. So you guys better call your GM right. and make sure that it's cool. It's from uh, Pathfinder 180, The Smoking Gun. I yep, guarantee that's what it is. you it's from the, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, so let me just read the description right here. It's crazy. You have unlocked the secret connections between necromancy and clockwork locomotion, giving you the unholy power to reanimate corpses. These minions shuffle forth with the mindless emotions of the unliving, and are little more than puppets under your control. So at the first level dedication feat, 
you get a prototype construct companion as if you were an inventor with caveats, obviously. Um, but it's like in the shape of a person with mm-hmm. a machine under it. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? So it's super cool and interesting. And I highly recommend you try it out because it's a wild take on I'm, this trope. I don't know why, but I'm just picturing like some necromancer skinning a donkey and draping the skin over a bicycle. Call me Don Quixote, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Go find us some windmills. Orale, orale. <laughs> so um, next work, uh, next work, next up is the Mammoth Lord. Mammoth Lord also came out of an AP volume. Also out of an AP volume. Um, this is an interesting one because it allows you to get access to megafauna. Mm-hmm. So literally riding a mammoth. Woolly mammoths. But there's a bunch of other megafauna that are in, yep. included, like rhinos mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That you could ride. The rhino is baller in melee. Yeah. Um. So that's an option. Definitely check. It's uncommon, so uh, definitely okay it with your GM. Mm-hmm. And just keep in mind that generally speaking, with animal companions, you really need to be careful about size because squeezing will be an issue. Yeah. If it gets too big and you're playing in a dungeon dungeon with like. 10 foot wide walls, you will run into squeezing issues way too much. Mm-hmm. So it can generally be recommended in a dungeon heavy campaign. You start off with the smallest animal companion you can find, and then you go into the nimble route, making it small and compact like a, um, another person. If you, if you plan on like, yeah, using it in a dungeon. I can see some people going, man, I love the idea of a, of a mammoth Lord giving me this access to a, um, megaflora, megafauna, Fauna. megafauna. I was, Flora flower. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, but but I don't want to deal with Land of the Lost. I don't want to deal with dinosaurs. I don't want to deal with like Ice Ages and woolly yeah. mammoths and shit like that. Well, can you take like the uh, that particular archetype to gain that and create like the um, the Nazgul's and Lord of the Rings flying those giant dragons around? That's kind of like mega fauna. So like Wait reskinning in order to match the stuff we watch, you know, these um, Godzilla type movies. I know those are kaiju, but... Basically, people riding great big steeds. Yes. So it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to look like Captain Caveman is what I'm trying to get at. You can take that rule set to get that access to that mega fauna animal companion and still make it look like you climbed out of Lord of the Rings or something like that. Absolutely. Alternatively, you can just have a regular animal companion, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but there aren't there aren't mechanics to make them bigger, per se, while sure. also balancing them out. Right. They're also, they're mega. Yeah, but they're mega. It's just like if you want to take it for the the idea of writing big stuff, mm-hmm. then I think you and your GM could probably cook something up pretty easily. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, there is the Drake, which is an animal companion you can take. You better believe it. I yeah. got my eyeballs on The Drake on that animal for... companion. It's actually bad. Um, believe it or not. That makes but, me sad. Uh, it's fun. So mm-hmm. that's cool. And I, you made me question my reality because I was like, wait a minute, Drake Rider, isn't that a archetype? But if I, I just checked and it's actually, Drake is just an animal companion you can get. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm showing writing Drake on page 209 yep, here. Writing Drake. Uncommon um, and dragons. So yes. there, there's a lot of, uh, there's tags. Keep an eye on your tags. Mm-hmm. Cause when you Absolutely. see uncommon tags, there's a reason it's uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not everyone can write a Drake. Yeah. It needs to be a core part of your game. And again, that's going to be one of those animal companions you definitely don't want to be bringing with you like yeah. in a dungeon with tight hallways. So just mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Something else to keep in mind is remember what the flourish tag used to mean? Uh, flourish means you can only use it once per round. 
Yeah, and you had to use it in the beginning. You couldn't do a florist action as like your second or third action. Really? Uh, before remastered. It was a big deal with the fighters because uh, uh, the, the Stride it. and Strike one had flourish on it. And they were like, we we're like, fuck, if you don't use it right away, you just can't. Yeah. I, you either had to start the battle with it, the fight with it, or it was the first one in the round. It was something like that. Gotcha. Um, a lot of these Animal Companions had the Flourish tag on it. Mm-hmm. So um, that how Animal Companions uh, function, literally function differently in Remastered versus pr- prior to Remastered. Yeah, that's true. Based that's on true. how those tags work. Absolutely. Read your tags. Yeah, read your tags. Uh, the last archetype way to get a hold of uh, an animal companion is not an even an animal. It's an undead. It's the undead master that gives you access to undead companions. Mm-hmm. This is this was, Book of the Dead territory? This is Book of the Dead, one of my favorite books, baby. Yeah. Um, this is the only like canon way for you to get access to, uh, like the only raw way for you to get access to undead mm-hmm. um, companions. Right. Um, having a cleric. Not be able to get access to undead companions is kind of lame. Sauce. It's drink. Yep. But I, I, I may have looked over something. If there's a way to do it raw, just through the cleric, please let me know in the comments. I would love to know that. Yeah. Otherwise, we're just gonna do it anyways. I did some digging around. I didn't see anything, but maybe I was wrong. I probably am wrong. Um. But yeah. So undead companions are interesting because they often have less HP and uh, more resistances because mm-hmm. they're undead. They're immune to a bunch of stuff. And, and their like senses that. are a little different too. Yeah, depending. senses tend to be different. And it's you can have a bunch of cool stuff, mm-hmm. uh, like a ghost. You could have a ghost animal companion. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things it recommends is like, if you want an undead companion, but you don't want to take the archetype, like let's say you took Beastmaster. Mm-hmm. They suggested if you wanted, you could do a ritual and then and then maybe, maybe, maybe Pupper over here What's the name of this character? Uh, it's something super Gaelic, like Gwynwaver, Gwynwaver, or something like that. Okay, well, it's eighty-seven letters, and they're all consonants. Well, um, the the famous row who shall rename name name remain drama nameless. Elf. Drama elf. Drama elf has a panther, and that panther would if this panther died. Me, the book suggests if you want an undead companion, but mm-hmm. you don't want to take this yucky undead master archetype. You can cast a spell, mm-hmm. a ritual, and raise the panther back from the dead, making mm-hmm. it an undead version of that. And then that can prance around as your animal. Yeah, companion. and you can zipper its skin off and put drape it over a bicycle. <laughs> that too, that too, with a different archetype. Just, I'm just trying to point out the fact that you can have an undead companion um, raw mm-hmm. with a regular archetype, but it comes with major caveats and you won't end up get be able to yeah. being able to get like a skeleton or some of the more interesting sure. undead animal companions. But you get your so, back. Those are the all the ways that I was able to find to get an animal companion. Those are your options. These archetypes as of today. And as of today. As of the yeah, they're probably gonna make a million more. Um but as of today, the classes Druid Ranger Champion Inventor, not the summoner. It's mm-hmm. a different thing. And then archetypes, druid archetype, ranger archetype, but don't take them because the animal trainer, beastmaster, cavalier, clockwork, reanimator, mammoth lord, and undead master often are better for the level, especially after levels like seven and eight. Um, And also keep in mind the inventor is there, but they play by their own rules. Generally speaking, it's about as bad as the druid and ranger when it comes to progression. And unfortunately, beyond the clockwork reanimator, we don't have an archetype that gives you access to construct companions that level well. Right. Which is unfortunate. And I don't think we're going to either. Yeah, 
Yeah, maybe. With the whole guns and gears and inventors and uh, steampunky stuff. It's so dream. infrequent when that stuff comes out. Yeah, and I just dream. did it a year and a half ago or so ago. Well, Pathfinder Second Edition is going to be around forever, right? Yeah. So they're going to have to, they're going to, have to <laughs> make right. it eventually. That's how editions yeah. work. One of the things that I'm curious about is our far this conversation is in a couple of months, how the wild is coming out yeah. and it's going to be a very, uh, you know, nature focused, uh, push on some of these books. It's probably no going to change how- a lot. It's probably going to change a lot. Um, I, I don't know. I'm wondering. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Like as of now, all these things are right. true because in, I don't know, about three months it might not be. Yeah. Here. Yeah, but if we stop making videos about topics based on the books that are going to come <laughs> right, in the future, right. we're never, never making a video. That's right. Yeah. So that was um, how do you get an animal companion? Those are all <laughs> your options for getting one. Now let's talk about how we use animal companions. Eric? I spend my action to give my animal companion two actions. And if it's not a stupid skeleton that can't think for itself, it can be two uh, distinctly different actions, I believe. Yep. Um, like move and attack, you know, move and whatever other actions mm-hmm. it has available to it. Depending on the, uh, uh, what would you call this? Like you have a bird animal companion. It's not a type of bird. It's just a bird category. And sure. then you can kind of like diversify Flavor it, from it however you want. And like the bird example here has a jaw attack, a talon attack. Um, there's a flyby two action attack. Which is a support benefit or an advanced maneuver. Yeah. So it, it, it's action economy. <laughs> you didn't answer my question. Oh, I, I, I was actually ignoring you. Say oh, okay, 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 okay. Nice. No, no, go ahead and ask your question. Oh, I, uh, I was going to say the, the, the flyby attack. Is that an advanced maneuver or a support benefit? So animal companions. There's a support benefit and advanced maneuver. And underneath that is the flyby attack. Right. So it's either neither or. That's interesting. Wrapped up in one of the other two. And I just can't see it right away. Yeah, I think it might be wrapped in, up in one of the two. Oh. So, um. Animal yeah, like, companions right out of the gate get their mm-hmm. two actions, mm-hmm. like you said, and right out of the gate, they also get their support benefit, mm-hmm. which instead of attacking, they can use an action to do the support benefit. Yeah. And that often means that they don't actually deal any damage that turn, but they give you extra damage or extra debuffs when you eventually hit them, uh, the, the, the target of their support benefit in combat. Mm-hmm. So they're a little more interesting than just moving and attacking. But not terribly more interesting than just moving and attacking. Yeah, you know what? I think it's separate because the support benefit for the bird specifically seems like it would work for the uh, for the melee attacks and it would work for the flyby attacks. So the support benefit seems to support the total stat block. That is wild. And I have a feeling all the other ones have their own version of that. So your question was, Eric, what can you do with Animal Companion? I spend one of my actions to give my uh, my bird or my boar or my cat or whatever um, two actions yep. and they can, they can do two separate actions or a double action that is supported by a support benefit. That's kind of what I was leading up to. Um, all of these guys also have advanced maneuvers that they can do as well. So, you know, we got cats, we got crocodiles, we got boars, we got birds. We've got a, uh, sort of like a, a starter kit to, to create our animal companion with. You can take it straight off the page mm-hmm. or you can do a little bit of light shuffling of numbers. Just keep it balanced. Um, and that's kind of what you're looking at here. And that that's really it. You tell your animal, hey, go do two things. Yep. And it does it. Yeah, but it, if your animal is mindless, what happens there? If it's mindless, you have to directly command it to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, what happens? It just sits there. So what about your bird? What does it do if you don't directly command it? It will defend itself to the best of its ability. Yeah. And after a minute of no commands, it kind of fucks off until you say, hey, get back here. Right. And a construct? 
I believe constructs are mindless and they have to be commanded every turn. Yeah. So uh, depending on what kind of animal companion you have, you've got to be aware of where it is and what your action economy mm -hmm. is going to enable to, it to do or not do and where it's going to be on the battlefield yeah. as a result because there's area of effect spells going on everywhere. Uh, you know, these, these creatures can be targeted. Mm -hmm. And while I'm selfishly trying to hoard my three action economy for myself and do things and yeah. be awesome, um, I might have just, you know, fucked my animal companion by not getting it out of the way. And it not do something. You do get a fourth action. And, and you get the fourth action. If you action. think about it, yeah. you know, you are expanding your action economy by letting your animal companion move and act. But at the same time, you're splitting your actions. Mm -hmm. Especially if you, have, if you have a two action spell you want to cast, you're done if you have to command your animal companion. Yeah. Um, so, an important note here is that the advanced maneuvers are not immediately unlocked. Mm -hmm. You get them uh, when you get the Incredible Companion, which is a name of a feat that get, everyone has access to eventually. And that often gets unlocked at levels eight. Uh, gets unlocked with the Savage or Nimble option, which mm -hmm. is basically your third feat in the chain. Yeah, it's a progression as your beastie yeah. gets uh, beastlier. And the freaking advanced maneuvers are dope. Yeah, like they, they are fun. actually really cool um, abilities that your uh, animal companion gets to do. So. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of complexity that grows very slowly over the course of the Animal Companion. Um, but the support benefit, I think, is the real thing you should be focusing on as a player who wants to make your Animal Companion um, supplement your, your, your class. Specifically your in combat. Specifically in combat. Yeah. Out of combat, they pretty much can do whatever you want them to do that you think a dog can do. You know, mm -hmm. if you have got a wolf... And you could be like, hey, Wolf, go go, go track this. Go mm -hmm. smell this thing. And if they have scent, then they can be like, sniff, 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 sniff. It's mm -hmm. that way, boss. Exactly like that, too. Yes. Sniff, yeah. sniff, sniff, sniff. And then they'll go tracking or whatever, you know? Um, and if there's a bird, we can be like, bird, go fly and look at right. things. But, you know, if you can't talk Shark, to your bird. go tell me where the blood is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you can't talk to your bird, um, then maybe you're SOL. Maybe you have to use animal empathy to figure that out or something like that. Where's the chum, Sharky? Yeah. Show me the chum. An interesting combo in Remastered is that druids innately can now speak to either animals or plants. And they okay. get to choose that. So you can pick the bird and you can be like, hey, birdie, go fly up and look for the smoke. You know, because these animals Again, are Again, exactly like that. These animals are not like intelligent they almost mm -hmm. all have negative four intelligence sure yeah but they can still be like i see smoke over there ba -ba. give me right. some snacks right polly want a cracker you know what i mean so they can still do that which is pretty 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 sick pretty sick why couldn't i have been a uh a familiar why and couldn't i have been a familiar be a little smarter than i am right i'm now. too big for familiars i'm too strong at combat stop trying to ride me <laughs> stop trying to ride me <laughs> I'm not an animal companion. You're familiar. <laughs> Get off. Um, so yeah, like the the whole idea here is um, they have a limited amount of use in combat besides mm -hmm. just fighting in the very beginning. The support benefit is the thing you really should be focusing on. And then later on in your build, you can be focusing on, um, you can get more synergy with your animal companion with mm -hmm. the advanced maneuvers. And some of like the later, later on, like levels 14 and 16, you unlock like, the super upgrades that allow them to have really special abilities. Right. Your, your animal companion's final form. Yeah. yeah. They become like spooky or whatever. So yeah, uh, what I'm seeing is here, you have your animal companion and then it 
it goes up to mature mm-hmm. and then it goes up to uh, savage. Mature is a big increase in power, like a mm-hmm. significant increase in power. It looks like it, yeah. Um, the jump from... It, uh, like gr- it literally grows in size. Yeah, literally, yeah. And then at... Which is kind of dumb, but, you know. eighth level, it is pretty dumb. All of a sudden, bloop, like, bloop, bloop. It's like ate the mushroom what or whatever from last Mario. Night? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and then um, I wrote it down. It's like druids get it at sixth level um, and uh, uh, everyone else gets it at eighth level. But they can either pick to become nimble or savage mm-hmm. when they do that. They uh, can grow in size if they choose savage. If they choose nimble, they stay the same size. Um, but they get better dexterity and they get um, higher uh, bonuses to like their armor, um, their proficiency with unarmored defense. Yep. So, um, and then from there, you get in, you get um, specialized companions. Um, oh, I'm sorry, incredible companion. The savage or nimble is level eight for druid or level ten for everyone else. And then specialized companions come in at level fourteen. Yeah, for druids and level sixteen for rangers and everyone else. That's basically at the very end of the game. They become they you basically get one specialized or two specialized, and that's when they get turbo buffed and they get really fancy abilities. Yeah, but there's this huge gulf in power. Yeah, from levels eight ten to fourteen sixteen, where your animal companion doesn't get that much stronger. And it's yeah. important to keep that in mind. Yeah, and that that last level you mentioned, the specialized animal companion. Yeah. It's like all the other level, the tiers that you get to before that, these are like bullet pointed adjustments to what yeah. you already have. But once you reach that specialized, you get those two, but then you get an unlock, yes. a very specific ability that your your and dude can do. That's really good. I really good. wish they would have given this earlier, like, because this is interesting. Specialized is truly interesting. Yeah. And I don't play 14th level games. Exactly. So it's like, I'm never going to get to use this yeah. unless I start with an AP like, at like 15th level. 1% of Pathfinder players have ever had a specialized uh, right, animal. Right. And that, that's a shame because you know? this, uh, I wonder if there's a way we can dumb this down. There might be the, the, the. The danger you run into is giving too much power to animal companions and mm-hmm. making them in line with an actual player in power, mm-hmm. which is pretty dangerous. That's well, why. How else are we going to exterminate the human race and then have the new <laughs> animal race kind of take good point. control? That's a good point. I, know, I didn't think of that. I didn't saying, think of that. It's true. It's true. I mean, I, I watched a lot of bed knobs and broomsticks when I was a kid. What? Nintendo? Bed knobs and broomsticks? Yeah. yeah. Go watch it. What? Oh, it's, it's you can't it. leave me hanging like that. All it's right. a Disney movie. Angela oh, okay. Lansbury gotcha. is a witch, and they were like talking animals. So they were uplifted. Gotcha. And uh, one of them was a lion with a crown, and they played a lot of uh, played a lot of soccer. Okay. Yeah, it's it's goofy as fuck, and All it's right. amazing. Okay, that's I'll, your homework. I'll, I'll go before check, next episode. Go check you got to watch go that one soccer scene in Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Roger, it probably Roger. takes five minutes. Awesome. So, you you. If it wasn't clear before, in order to get these upgrades, you take certain feats at different levels. Um, mature is level four for druids and level six for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, that 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 mature is a huge bump in power. Like I, I can't yeah. state that enough. That's a huge bump in power. And then savage or nimble at eight or ten is also a huge bump in power. And then from there, specialized at fourteen and sixteen, uh, a significant bump in power, but everything's so strong at that point that I feel like it actually gets kind of marginalized. Sure. Yeah, and you're um, still stuck with your action economy. Exactly, so. exactly. Um, an interesting thing about the mature that I talked about, remember how what we said that you get to spend one action and that gives your animal companion two actions? Yes. Well, the interesting thing about mature animal companions is that when you get the feet at level four or six, your animal companion now gets one action even if you did not command it that turn. Really? Which is really important. Okay. 
Um, that means if you already had it move up and attack and the monster it's fighting is still there, it can just take one action and attack again, which is better than nothing, especially if you need all three of those actions. So um, I just think that's it's nice to have when everything's kind of set up. But sure. If something moves away from them and you don't command them, they're just like, what do I do, boss? Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Just like, oh, I guess I'm Again, closer exactly that voice. And get hit. You know what I mean, boss? I, so. I want to hear these voices in your next Kingmaker game. <laughs> these are all in my head. I have all these little, these little. Like, my druid can talk to animals. I want to, I want to hear this yeah. shit. You, you, boss. <laughs> no problem, boss. I'm just a pigeon, boss. What I'm do you want? I'm just a pigeon, boss. What do you want? A 10 story pigeon. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what kinds of animal companions do we get access to, Eric? What are the different flavors? I think we already talked about them. Animals. Oh, yes. Like uh, whether it's a bird or a boar or a cat or anything. I was more talking like animals, undead, constructs, and elementals. Uh, yeah, sure. So, again, I'm not an archives of Nethi's junkie. Hey, so I tend to listen, categorize these by books. Listen, I don't have a problem. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I don't have a problem. Uh, I no. actually do have a problem. I literally have a bookmark to archives of Nethi's on my... Um, on my cell phone, like on yeah. the front page. So I hit it and it opens up a tab of Archives of Nethys to the classes section. Nerd. It's pretty bad. It's yeah. pretty bad. So yeah, uh, let's see. Where's the freaking page and Guns and Gears? Mm-hmm. It's, um, Are you talking about our inventor? I want to talk about R2-D2. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about R2-D2 and how he's actually a companion. I, I didn't really think about how, like, if, if you think about the story of Star Wars, it's the story of inventors and uh, creating, like, uh, droids that are actually the only way the universe is held together. Mm-hmm. You know, they do all the shit work, the janitorial stuff. And in the case of R2 and C-3PO, they're, they're basically animal companions. So the inventor gets to uh, have a construct. And once we find this page, we'll be able to actually throw numbers yep. at you. So tell me, what, what, do you, what are your, what's your flavor? What's your flavor take on the construct, Eric? My flavor take? Yeah, what's your flavor take? Because I'm not can, sure what that question means. Well, I, besides R2D2, like what other construct um, animal companions do you have up in, do you have available for me? As as far as like what what movies or comics yeah, or anything yeah, I've ever yeah. seen? Oh, Jesus! Um, wow, I'm totally on the spot now. I'm sure there's a million video games. Mass Effect was there one in Mass Effect somewhere? Probably. Uh, so like in in Shadowrun, I only played Mass Riggers, Effect Riggers, and Riggers kind of they have remote control drones and yeah, shit like totally. that, right? So you can just totally animatize one of those um, transformers. There's robots a bunch of, in disguise. Yeah, you know, GoBots transformers. Take your pick there. Uh, like mechanical versions of Pokemon, mm-hmm. I can totally see that being a thing. Absolutely. Uh, hey, you found the page. I see the word explode, and I'm happy. So, um, yeah, they're basically little robots that kind of behave like animals would, but they have, you know, they're they they have resistances and shit, right? Because they're metal and you know, sometimes they don't think unless you program them to. Um, that's about as far as I got on that. Uh, one of the interesting takeaways from Constructs Companions from the inventor is that they have plus th- three strength and plus three dexterity, which means they're actually really strong in combat. Do I remember that they're capped at that as well? Like you can't enhance it above that? Oh, you totally can. You can? Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They get good. One of these different types of animal companions w- was yeah. capped at three, and I thought yeah. it was them. Yeah. No, they get they get access to like mature and stuff like that later. But because the inventor is weird, they also get cool additions to their body. They can become amphibious and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So instead of having like multiple different kinds of animal companions, the in, the constructs basically have a chassis that's blank. 
And then using the inventor's abilities, you can plug in different other chassis. Like you can make them amphibious or you can um, add like things like um, manual dexterity and give them little little hands and stuff like that. So it's kind of like you're building a little robot of your own. Sure. Um, and based on the environment, you know, you want them to dig, you want them to climb, you want them to fly, you exactly. want them to run, exactly. that sort of thing. Yeah, and uh, the other thing I forgot to mention clearly is when you're dealing with death and dying rules for uh, animal companions and you start talking about robots and undead things, mm-hmm. uh, in the case of, of these um, constructs, you uh, you go below zero hit points and then you're broken. Yeah. You go below zero again and you're broken. If it happens a third time, um, it's destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I, th- the th- interesting thing about that was this has to happen within a 10-minute period of time. Mm-hmm. If 11 minutes go by that third one isn't destroyed. Yeah. It's just broken again. So that's, it's I mean, weird. not all of our combats go for 10 minutes or longer, yeah. but it is a thing to consider when you're trying to just like do that survival horror thing where you're just trying to last and uh, run out the clock mm-hmm. to keep your, uh, your construct going. Yeah. Um, I think the undead one, the undead one, does that have a similar thing? 10 rounds or is it just um, under zero, under zero and then destroyed? I'm pretty sure it's under zero, under zero destroyed, or maybe even worse than that. I think yeah. maybe once it hits zero the first time it gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. I'm not totally familiar huh, with those specific undead okay. rules because I've never run an undead thing. But the cool thing about those two in particular is if they do get destroyed, um, you you can fix them after a day. You don't yeah. have to wait a full week like you would an actual animal, um, exactly. animal companion. And it makes sense, especially given the context of the inventor, because when you pick the construct as your like invention, mm-hmm. it is the core of your class. Mm-hmm. It's where all of your abilities go. Right. And it makes sense as to why, you know, you're not like, you don't have an animal companion and you're a full caster. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're not like this amazingly powerful being and you have an animal companion. You're right. pretty much just like Joe Schmo with little gizmos and maybe a gun or something. <laughs> and then you have your battle bot. I should have said one that my, right there in the description. One of my favorite examples of constructs in pop culture is an anime you've never heard of. I'm mm-hmm. sure. I'm shocked. Called um, Metabots. Metabots? Metabots. It's an anime I grew up with. Um, Why do they look like Teletubbies? They, 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 it's just a pixelated. It's okay. the 90s, man. All right, look. Um, so the idea, the premise of Metabots if you go to the bottom, that's snail antennae. Yeah, they have little snail antennae. They're ba- they're the bad guys. Can't you tell? They're wearing black and they have a zippered hoodie. They're the bad guys. It's they're anime. all bad guys. They're in an anime. They're, it's exactly so. The guy in the center, the yellow and white one, that's mm-hmm. like the protagonist's metabot. The idea here is that there are these robots that you can buy from the store and then customize with parts, mm-hmm. and you put this little chip in them, which is literally their soul. And um, you fight them. So they're like, imagine kids with like robots that they can fight each other with, but the robots have like fucking guns mm-hmm. and they just like shoot each other or punch each other in big anime style fights. Um, if I ever do play an inventor, which will happen one day, I'm, I'm probably going to play. I'm probably going to play a character from this anime just to ham it up as much as possible. Oh, God. I love, I loved this anime growing up. And they had video games. And the video games were so good. Nostalgia is strong. Uh, it's so, it's, it's so strong. It's so strong. I've got a note in here that I don't quite remember what I meant by it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was regarding the constructs and how, um, let's see, they can only be- benefit from a speed bonus. And I think there was something about the animal handling uh, not animal handling, but the uh, the animal companions, whether it was undead or construct or mm-hmm. living and breathing, where um, there are certain 
buffs you can give it. And then you're limited on the types and the numbers you can, depending on which of those three it was. Hmm. And I remember the uh, the speed being the important one for Construct. Gotcha. Is that ringing a bell? That doesn't ring any bells to me. We are going to do a small pod on this, like yeah. a short one. And that's when we're going to like dial in the numbers and we'll have all the visuals and shit like that. So yeah. it'd be better to put together. Yeah. My goal here for this podcast is just kind of give you the the, the, the overview of Construct and what yeah. you can do with them. Uh, not Construct, but Animal Companions. Um so I didn't read, I read a bunch on the actual Animal Companion rules and how to get more options, but I yeah. didn't dig too super deep into Constructs or the Undead versions. Yeah. I just kind of assumed they, they were the same, but it yeah. sounds like there's some very modified particular basics. caveats yeah. that we need to be worried about. Yeah. And so uh, go read your book, folks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is kind of like a, a, yeah. a first look for me exactly. kind of a thing because, you know, long pod. Um, undead companions uh, typically have slightly lower statistics than yep. normal. Lower than stats no- compensate for immunity. Exactly, exactly. They, they're undead. They have a bunch of immunities. That That's why they get to be cooler. And again, mm-hmm. you only get access to them through like one fucking archetype. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, if it fits in your game, run an undead companion. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, for the love of God, do not shoehorn an undead companion into your normal PC game because that is like, I love my special snowflakes out there. I love you so much. I love I love my players who want to play, you know, the super weird stuff. But you got to read the room sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to read the room. Yeah. And if and if your DM is like, "Okay, you can pick the undead companion, but everyone is always going to look at you weird." Maybe consider the other players at the table. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's other players at the table? That's my two cents. That's my two cents. I, I thought this game was for me. It is for you and <laughs> everyone else. So finally, um, I just want to talk about elemental animal companions. Yes, let's. They got introduced in one of my favorite books. I have so many favorite books. Rage of Elements. Um, I did not appreciate that book as much as I do now. Like yeah, when it came out, I was like, awesome. okay, this is cool. It's a planar thing, whatever. It, it's a good book. It's a great book. And there's so many options for like every single freaking class in the game mm-hmm. um, to bend the class around the elements mm-hmm. in new and interesting ways that are actually impactful. Um, the air elemental is straight up bonkers. Mm-hmm. It's supportability is pretty meh, but it has like a 60 foot fly speed or something like that. Right. God, that out is of the insane. Gate. And um, because it's intelligent, you can like talk what level to it better. Do you get access to this? So stuff? It's level two. It's level two. Okay. Yeah. Just like just whenever you get level, whenever you get an animal companion, if you're mm-hmm. a druid, okay, the way it caveat, it's an uncommon, and it basically says if you're, these are typically available to druids mm-hmm. of that suborder of the elements. So when you pick a druid, you get, get to pick an order. Generally, you pick animal, um, but you can also pick a second order at level two with a feat, uh-huh. and if you combine those together, you can you get metal porcupines. You get metal porcupines. You get air elementals. You get earth elementals, metal ones, wood ones, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between a Trent and a wood elemental, Eric? A Trent is probably a first world creature. Okay. And a wood elemental is from the elemental plane of wood. So I think point of origin would be a good place to start that conversation. Definitely. But what do they look like, Eric? Uh, they, they look like wood sporting wood. I... To me, it's like I I can't imagine making a wood elemental. It almost doesn't matter what they look like yeah. because you can just it's 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 a fucking tree. Yeah, you can flavor them however Reshaper you want. It's just to me when I was thinking to myself, like wood elemental, mm-hmm. it's just gonna be wood, right? Like 
that's I can see a really pissed thing. off two by four. Like I didn't choose Plank this shape. from uh, fucking yeah. um. Oh god, what's the name of that show? I don't Plank even remember. From um, I oh my god, I can whistle the theme song, the <laughs> intro song to that show. That's how I learned how to whistle. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Ed, Ed, and Eddie on Cartoon Network. Yeah, that those were the holler at, holler in the comments if you're an Ed, Ed, and Eddie fan. So yeah, those are the different kinds of companions we have available to us now. Who knows? In the future, we might get more. Mm-hmm. Um, what would we be will. Some, what would be some How the cool wild's going to have cool, more. What would be some other cool types of animal companions, like different flavors like that? Well, let's see. If you're playing in an aquatic game. Oh, um, I, man. I, so when you have an animal companion, the presumption is it's going to get bigger, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. bigger equals power. But what if it went the other way? I'm kind of picturing like a crab animal companion that you can use as a skateboard. Like increase its uh, speed. Okay. And uh, it, you know, you, you can write it because typically like when you're writing an animal companion, it's supposed to be one size larger. Yeah. Well, yeah. what if you just do one size smaller and you fucking stand on it and it carries you? I think, I think that would be rad. That would be rad. So yeah. Um, I, the size thing I feel like shouldn't be set in stone or you should be able to flip it and go the other way for flavor. Um, Kick flip uh, your crab familiar. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think uh, I think like an abomination, like a like an outer creature of some sort. Like you know, not or... for a druid though. No, uh, no, like, no, not for a druid. It would like have to for be a like bard animal companion or yeah, something occulty. Like a yeah, I was gonna say witch. Witches are arcane, aren't they? No, they're occult. Um, they're basic occult. Like they a thaumaturge having a, an animal companion. I could totally see that. But yeah, I'd kind of want to keep the occulty uh, critters with the occulty classes. Yeah, absolutely. That's my I brain. Mean, it would definitely have to have like an archetype, just like the undead master is like an archetype. Exactly. Right. It would be like occult summoner or occult binder. Yeah. And we just had the that. big like occult stretch with the yeah, uh, we dark didn't archives. See any of it? So um, um, we got God. We got Howl of the Wild coming up, which is going to be like Fey and animals, probably more animals than Fey or you know woodland. And then we've got the uh, the divine stuff. I think coming after that, there's the uh, the Eastern uh, Tian Jia stuff mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle of all that. I just don't see us coming back to creepy occulty stuff for at least a year. So I will say there is a, remember how we talked about specialized and savage and stuff like that? Yeah. There is one option mm-hmm. in the occult book to make the animal you already have more occulty. Okay. So I think instead of savage or nimble, you can make it occult. Uh, what level did we decide that was? That was like eight or 10. Uh, that's still too high. Yeah, exactly. Oh. exactly. I, I, I want an option. So if anybody in Paizo land yeah. or designer land is, is, is listening to this, yeah. I get the whole, like, if you want to make something beefier and add things to it, yeah. but what if I want to go the other way? Yeah. I want a Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's good for a challenge rating one. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he's got like crutches or something. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny crutches. Tiny crutches. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. Why not? Um, I mean, you could play a T-Rex at level, at level one. Uh, he's like a medium sized creature. Mm-hmm. Right. A medium-sized T-Rex? Medium-sized T-Rex. And then he gets, when he matures, he's a baby T-Rex. He's a growing boy. Little baby T-Rex. <laughs> and then he, when he grows up at level four or level six, if you're a mm-hmm. ranger or anyone I'm else. I'm a big rower now. He's a big boy. Yeah. And that's part of the megafauna thing. Um, yeah. Actually, I think he is megafauna and I think he starts right. at large and then he goes to huge or something like that. You know, I just, I, I hate the idea of like going to bed and he's a medium-sized creature and then yeah, waking up the next morning is large. Absolutely. I almost wonder if, if as you transition from tier to tier to tier, it's not the same creature. Like you, you have a, uh, you, you have a, um, a panther mm-hmm. when you're, uh, what, what are the tiers? The medium one? Um, you go from young boy mm-hmm. to mature. So let's say this is mature yeah. and I have this one. What's the next one up? Uh, nimble or savage. 
a bigger version of this crawls out of the woodwork with extra spines on its back mm-hmm. and it's large instead yeah, of medium and it comes up and, and you're it like eats your I old love one. You, boy. <laughs> you take your old one out to the back and you're like, look at the rabbits. <laughs> Bam. And Venner, get him behind the woodshed. <laughs> exactly, do your thing. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you, oh you know, God. I kind of, I kind of wonder as you transition from uh, from one tier to the next yeah. to the next to the next. Swap it out. I mean, you, you know what would be a cool thematic fix? What's that? Is actually for the player to have to learn a ritual. Okay. So imagine get the rituals actually used in the exactly. game. Exactly. So imagine instead of it just being like bloop bloop bloop. Mm-hmm. You you get access to the rights of savagery mm-hmm. or the rights of nimbleness. True rituals. You have to do like a ritual in order to enhance the animal. And it mm-hmm. like you could describe the animal as like going through incredible growing pains over the course of an instant. Mm-hmm. And then maybe it kind of resents you. That would be rad. But it also kind of likes the power. You know what I mean? At the same time. Right. It's kind of like, oh yeah, this hurts a lot, and you put me through a lot of angst and pain. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm kind of strong now. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, when you get to the cool. other side of that. Yeah. yeah I, I I was picturing, like, if, if I were to create an animal companion that was going through all these transitions all the way up through level 20, yeah. what, what would be a fun one to do? And I kind of pictured, like, at low levels, having a uh, a, a medium-sized bat mm-hmm. can't fly. It just has its little, you know, knuckles and its wings, and it moves on the ground okay. like that, like okay. a ground bat, right? Right. And then at some point, it starts to, like get used to its body and it starts using its wings more and then eventually it flies. You can have so, a bat. Bat is already an option. Uh, bat is already an option, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. I just love the idea of like a horse-sized bat that's just on the ground. I do love that too. Until it, you know, you, you reach a certain threshold and then all of a sudden it's it's doing this, it's moving, it's moving, it's moving, it jumps off a roof and it flies for the first time with you on it. That'd be that, pretty uh, sick, yeah. Yeah. And, and Or like a drake that does the same thing. Like you mm-hmm. find a, a young drake that's mm-hmm. not like, a baby and you nurture it and maybe it's got its wings clipped by a horrible accident. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of the game, you rehabilitate it through like these magical rituals and sure. also like just befriending it and stuff like that. And I don't see any reason why you couldn't just like take any page out of the, uh, the bestiary mm-hmm. and then keep an eye on these stats and use these stats. Honestly, blocks. they, what I love about the animal companions is they made them so general mm-hmm. in their description yeah. that you can just rip yeah, if Shit you want right a Shoggoth because you want a Shoggoth yeah. and you can't have a Shoggoth yeah. because a Colty, whatever, we challenge rating 8,000. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, just, just use, like, the boar. Yeah. And then uh, you got yourself a Shoggoth, you know? And the boar's pretty good. Pretty yeah. good option. Boar's good, yeah. Yeah, the boar's yeah. pretty good. So speaking of good animal companions, the last section I had written down here was basically, all right, guys, I get it. I'm sold. Let me get one of these animal companions. But, like, there's a lot now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, a lot. Like, what do I choose? Um, I'm not going to go through the list and give you everyone that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I'm not even going to call out like the best ones that there are necessarily. There's a lot of fighting. They're really well balanced. I will say the animal companions are really well balanced in the book. Choosing any of them is going to not be a terrible option. There are no bad animal companions. Are you talking about the, the ones in the player core or the all of the animal companions? I'm talking about the player core Just companions. the player core companions. The constructs and the undead ones mm-hmm. live in their own tier. And the elemental ones? And, uh, yeah. The elemental ones are all good. <laughs> <laughs> They're all good, and you probably don't have access to them. Unless are they you superior talk to, to the, uh, the ones in the player core, do you think? or are they? I would argue par? that they are. Okay. I w- even though that they're uncommon, I feel like this is one of those moments where Paizo kind of broke its uncommon rule. Mm-hmm. Uncommon is not necessarily supposed to be more powerful than common. But it, I, I, let me let me rephrase that. 
we have seen that generally speaking, uncommon things aren't necessarily more powerful. They're mm-hmm. just uncommon because they're weird and they may be verisimilitude breaking. Sure. But rare things mm-hmm. are unabashedly more powerful mm-hmm. than their uncommon or common um, counterparts. I, I think you can make a strong argument that a lot of the elementals, not every one of them, but a lot of the elementals are just uh, a hair or two. They're two, like diet rare. They're diet rare. Yeah. yeah, actually, they're diet rare. That's a really good way to put it. Um, Freaking air elemental. Like its support benefit is not like super powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I take that back, actually. Its support benefit is literally I give, I'm pretty sure it gives you cover. If it supported you and you hit the thing that it's it's targeting, mm-hmm. you get cover, which is not like an attack focused ability that a lot of power gamers look for. Mm-hmm. But from a defensive standpoint, it's freaking super powerful. So um, and it can fly like right out of the gate, 60 feet and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, the fire one moves super fast, um, but not any faster than a cat. I don't think um, I'm just going to call out a couple of these animal companions that aren't necessarily like super duper amazing have to take them. Mm-hmm. But these are just a couple out of the book that are really well suited for things you may not expect animal companions to be good for. So the first up on my list is called the Dromosaur. Now the Dromosaur is the, um, the uh, dinosaur, vo- Velociraptor, right? if okay. you will. Um, the Velociraptor Dromosaur's support ability basically says it counts as flanking for um, the spaces next to it for the purposes of determining flanking. Mm -hmm. Um, That's super useful for classes that need um, an opponent who is flat-footed. So the rogue. Right, exactly. It would be so cool. Imagine you're a rogue and you take the free archetype, you get Beastmaster, and now you're a rogue that has this like sleek velociraptor that Mm -hmm. that hunts with you, that does that does droggy things with you. you yeah, know, maybe that, you, that almost feels like uh, the latest Jurassic Park that came out. Exactly. Yeah. You cover it in like black leather armor or something like that. You know what I mean? A little barding. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another topic we can cover here uh, in a minute. But, um, and then he like sleeks, he sneaks around and sleeks around with you and he's already a pack animal. So he runs up and, and, and nibbles at the opponent and then you come up from behind and you guys do a pincer movement mm-hmm. and he counts as being like two squares next to you on both sides. Did you ever play Darkstalkers, the video game? Never heard of no, it. No, it's a one-on-one fighting game like Street Fighter. Oh, cool. But uh, the, w- one of the big things in there was you, you had your animal companions. Oh, that's uh, for, dope. For a couple of the characters. Yeah. And it, it, it was very similar to that, you know, with the uh, the whole like the animal companions over there providing some kind of cover or, uh, you know, pincher maneuver or extra bonus. And um, and Yeah. You know, nothing sick. new under the sun, Horatio. So this is yeah. all old stuff yeah, absolutely. that's being repurposed. Absolutely. So um, my, my most important question I have yeah. is, can you have all three? Can you create a build that has an animal companion that's like a fox, um, a, uh, an R2-D2 robot, and a slavering, ghoulish um, hedgehog? All at the same time? All like at the, the same time the same using creature? deep purchases. The same creature. Different creatures. Three different creatures. Oh, Using Technically, the Beastmaster Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You absolutely could. Um, the fastest way to get there would be to have a druid who's intelligence 14. Mm-hmm. Um, at second level, they take the inventor um, archetype. And then at fourth level, they take another archetype feat from inventor. Sixth level, they take another archetype feat from inventor. And then they can multi-class out of that archetype feat. And then mm-hmm. they go into Undead Master. Mm-hmm. And then which now, has a prerequisite? 
Uh, yeah, but it's not hard to meet actually. Um, so make sure you have the skill or whatever it requires. Mm -hmm. And then you're in like Flynn. The problem is the minion trait specifically calls out the fact you can only command mm -hmm. one minion at a time. Right. And the general assumption. And you have to command the dumb ones. Otherwise they just yeah, stand oh, there. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like the general assumption here is that you only have one animal companion in combat right. at a time. You, right. You like DMs at home. Don't let your players have three animal companions on the field because technically they can only command one of them at a time. And, but also technically if they're all mature, mm -hmm. they all get one free action a turn. I'm pretty sure that's kind of what I was getting at was that particular point. I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a caveat in the rule somewhere that basically mm -hmm. says, bruh, you get one during combat. Yeah. You get to have one. <laughs> okay. You get to have one. And maybe you We're have a do this stable. small pod. We're going to have to look into that because maybe I you have can a see weird a stable of like, I've, all right, I got my, I got my robot. I got my battle bot. Mm -hmm. I've got my dog and I've got my zombie. It's like the Batman utility belt of critters. Exactly. And I'm going to throw whichever one has the weakness. You're playing Pokemon <laughs> at this point. But like, if you're going to do Pokemon, like the battle zoo guys literally have like Eldemon, Eldemon, yep. which is like soon. a Pokemon thing that you could just play. I mean, and it's designed by what's his face. So like, it's going to be well designed. Yeah. Fucking design Pathfinder second edition. Of course it's going to be fine. What's, what's his name again? Uh, I've got Louis Loza on the brain. Um, um, Mark Seifter. Yeah, Mark Seifter. I mean, he's a freaking, he's the GOAT. Yeah. Dude. So it's like, of course it's going to be great. You know what I mean? Um, Mark Seifter, if you're out there, call us. Email us. <laughs> Please. I'd love to get you on the podcast. Um, we're in Oregon. <laughs> I'll drive to you. Uh, but yeah, so all that to say is um, you can technically do it, but it's not going to be that good. But mm -hmm. it'll be weird. Yeah. And we love, we goblins love some weird shit. So, and you can write some cool stories around that. Absolutely. The other two things I want to pull, pick out here, just mm -hmm. to kind of highlight different play styles, is the horse. The horse, its support ability basically allows you to ride it, and it does stuff and mm -hmm. also attacks. And that's a caveat that mount traits normally don't get to have. Right. So the right. horse is almost like the perfect animal companion to ride at a time. Mm -hmm. But there are other options that have the mount trait that also have cool abilities. But they did a good job in making like the boring option actually really mechanically good. And I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, finally, um, the cat is a really fun archer piece. It's mm -hmm. also really good for being, a, a, if you want to play like an archer rogue, the cat is also a great option because their support benefit, I think automatically makes them flat footed. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. You should probably pull it up. But um, the cat, I'm pretty sure makes them automatically. Do I, did I hyperlink it like a good boy? <gasps> I'm a good boy. Look at this good boy. Support benefit. Your cat throws your enemies off balance when you're creating an opening. Until the start of your next turn, your strikes <clears throat> deal damage to a creature within your cat's reach. Make the target flat-footed until the end of your next turn. Mm -hmm. So because it's at the end of your next turn, your cat gets close to your opponent. You shoot it with an arrow. It's now flat-footed. And then on your next attack, it's flat-footed, which means your second attack, you get map or whatever. But at the beginning of your next turn, it's still flat-footed to your attacks mm -hmm. because the, the 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 debuff ends at the end of your next turn. Mm -hmm. So at least your next round's full BAB shot. Sorry, I spoke the old words. Your <laughs> full multiple attack bonus attack um, can 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 land with a um, yeah. with a sneak attack. That one, that's the thing. Like archers that love precision damage, like archer rogues and stuff like that. You know, my partner loves playing archer rogues. And finding ways in this game to make sure that she can like 
play the things she wants in ways that she likes always stand out to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, you know, I listened to you, but all I could see in my head was that moment when Battle Cat turns into Battle Cat with the armor. Battle Cat with the armor. And when Let's you go, go from like mature animal companion to the savage animal companion, yeah. you, you're looking at Battle Cat from He-Man. Another so. hilarious fucking thing is that you can buy armor. You can buy barding. Barding, yeah. For your animal companion. Mm-hmm. And what's hilarious to me is that every time your animal companion grows, you have to buy it new armor. Yeah, that makes sense. And then transfer the runes. Uh, and what's it's hila- the runes I was getting at. Yeah, I think that goes back to our conversation about like different types of animal companions. Yeah. What's uh, even funnier is that the 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 build style that is good for barding, mm-hmm. because basically you either go big and on strength or you go big on dexterity. Right. Those are basically the two build mm-hmm. choices. The one that goes big on strength makes you bigger all the time. So you're constantly having to buy your pet new armor, which right. is just the biggest pain in the ass. It's like your nine-year-old kid. I just yep. bought you clothes. Exactly. I just bought you shoes, motherfucker. You're <laughs> gonna we're gonna cut the toes off and let you grow into. Go them. talk to your older brother. Exactly. Exactly. So that's pretty much all Unless I prepped. Underwear, because that's weird. I mean, siblings are siblings. I'm not gonna, uh, siblings are siblings. I um, had sisters, so no. Oh, that's fair. I, I, I am. I, I too had sisters, but you know. I know so much more about you now. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if those pictures exist on the internet. Um, but yeah, so it's all on the internet. It's all somewhere. on the internet somewhere. I'm sure you could hack, ha- super hack my mom or something. But yeah, um, at the end of the day, wearing a dress is not the most embarrassing thing I've ever done in my life. No, nope. uh, <laughs> uh, man, I made an awesome hooker one year for Halloween. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. fishnets all the way up to my eyeballs. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! So, um, at the end of the day, animal companions are a really fun addition to your character. Um, they can be a powerful addition to your character, and there are a lot of ways to get your grubby little goblin hands on them. Yeah. But it's always important to keep in mind the other players at the table and how much time your choices add to the play game. Yep. Especially if you're prone to analysis paralysis, don't do this if you're an AP player. Please, for the love of God. Don't do this if there are six players at the table and you're already having a hard time moving through rounds of combat. Yeah, it's like when new players decide they want to play a wizard for their first character, and then they have like 12 spells in their book, and I'm like, you haven't read any of them, and we're in the first round of combat, and you don't know what they do. Animal companions are the same way because they have their own stat blocks. Yeah. It's a uh, be mindful. And mm. if you need help, ask for it. Absolutely. I want to, I want to have a shark, but I don't know how it works. Robert, can you show me how to do this? So I don't irritate everybody at the ask table. Ask me in the comments. Do it. I will help you build your shark. <laughs> Please <laughs> ask me in the comments. I'll, I'm more than happy to respond to those. So I, I, I want to build that, uh, that, that crab skateboard concept. Build the crab skateboard like with a kineticist with a crab animal companion. Crab goblin, metal. crab goblin, druid yeah. riding crab skateboard. Yeah. It's going to be a thing. Kick flips off his own kind. And then at some point, the crab is going to like gain the flyability and it'll be a hoverboard. Oh, that would be sick as And fun. Kineticist is going to be in there somewhere. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, going to yeah, be yeah, yeah, yeah. a yeah, rollicking yeah, We're going to shoehorn Kineticist in there as much as yeah. we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it would be an undead crab. It would be an undead crab. I had this epiphany robot recently parts. talking about Kineticist. This is my only true tangent for this podcast. Uh-huh. We haven't gotten any hard tangents yet. Mm-hmm. I've got one hard tangent for you. Okay. Give me your hard tangent. I recently realized that the kineticist gets access to the wood kineticist gets access to an impulse that allows them to cast a, a first level spell called protector tree. Okay. Have you heard of this spell before? I have not. One Teach of me. my favorite spells. 
it creates a tree in like a five foot square and that tree protects other people around it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it like blocks and stuff like that. So basically the tree is just like, it's grouped. You know, it's, it's jumping in front of the president for you the whole time. <laughs> but what's I'm seeing, I'm seeing like the wavy thing on yeah, the car exactly, lots. Exactly. And then he's like, wood. no. <laughs> so, but what's funny is protector tree specifically states that if it didn't die in combat, it is now just a normal tree. Oh, so if you're a druid, you can like cast seven or eight protector trees a day, mm-hmm. you know, with your first level spells and your second level spells. If you're a ninth Johnny level Johnny Appleseed here on fast you could forward, make 20 trees in a day or something mm-hmm. crazy like that. That would be crazy, right? Reforesting a whole forest with 20 trees a day. Do like walking into a major metropolitan area and just like stealthily doing that at one in the morning. Exactly. What's even funnier is that because it's an impulse, the, uh, the kineticist can do it 10 times a minute. So just imagine this like level two wood elemental kineticist, just like during downtime, he walks out into the plane that surrounds the castle Mm -hmm. that the players are staying in. And after two weeks, the players blink and there is a literal forest outside of the castle because he's planted so many trees with protector tree. I'm kind of picturing like, uh, Hey, you build ships, right? You get your wood from me now. <laughs> <laughs> he's chopping down the trees. That story you to, like to tell about yeah. how like you made a wizard and you hired a bunch of mooks in the bottom of your layer right, right, to right, use right. the rod of wonder a yeah, hundred yeah, times. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that for wood. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. You're just like, an, an highly ethical logger. Dude, a mafioso uh, kind of, ver- you get your lumber from me now. But it would be ethical though. He wouldn't even need to be mafioso. He would have, he would have such a low. But it's so much more fun if it is. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair, that's but if you think about it, he would have the corner on the wood market. Yeah. Because his wood, his wood be, would be so cheap mm-hmm. in comparison to all the other wood on the market. Right. Yeah. That's all I got. All right, fam. Well, thanks so much for hanging out with those goblins. This is our little treatise on Animal Companions. Like Eric said, we are going to be making a short episode that's going to go over the nitty gritty. It help will be you, concise. It'll help you build a character that mm-hmm. wants to use an Animal Companion. Uh, expect that next month or two. We make two podcasts every month and two shorter episodes um, every month to the best mm-hmm. of our ability. Some months we don't end up so doing that. One to listen to while you're painting miniatures and exactly. the other one to actually watch. Yeah, exactly. One will be five to 30 minutes. The other one will be 30 to two hours long. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely a listen on your way to work or painting kind of uh, podcast. But as always, goblins, we ask you to keep it weird. <laughs>